Good evening. On February 25th, 2020, Mayor London Breed declared a state of emergency in regards to COVID-19. Thereafter, Governor Newsom issued a statewide order for all residents to shelter in place, and following that, numerous orders of the county health officer and supplemental mayoral proclamations and directives were issued to slow and reduce the spread of COVID-19. As authorized by California Government Code Section 54953 e and the Mayor's 45th Supplement to her February 25, 2020 Emergency Proclamation, the Rent Board Commission's meeting this evening is being held remotely without providing a physical location. Members of the Rent Board Commission will participate and vote by video. Members of the public may observe the meeting live online at the link listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information and may provide public comment by telephone by dialing 415-655-0001, entering access code 2495-157-5354, and then entering webinar password 7368. Because tonight's meeting is being streamed using WebEx, please be aware that there may be moments of silence, connection issues, or a slight delay between the actual meeting and what members of the public are seeing. Please know that we are doing the best we can and we ask for your patience. I am Executive Director and Board Secretary Christina Varner, and Rent Board staff member Diana Flores and I will be managing the technological functions this evening. Commissioners and staff, if you have not already done so, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise and keep them muted unless you're actively speaking. As in previous remote meetings, I want to thank several people who have worked to make this meeting possible, including the Rent Board Commissioners, staff at the Department of Technology, Rent Board staff, particularly Kathy Helton, Elvira James, Lee Hyun, Diana Flores, Senior ALJ Joey Kumis, and Senior ALJ Connie Brandon, and several other department's board secretaries who, as always, continue to provide much-needed advice on remote meetings. Thank you. The Commission has strongly encouraged interested parties to submit their comments in writing prior to this meeting to rentboard at sfgov.org. The public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rent Board's website at sf.gov slash rentboard in the meetings section. The meeting instructions have changed slightly and members of the public who wish to provide public comment must now enter a webinar numeric password after entering the access code. While you may view the meeting using the link located on the website and listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information, public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. The phone number to call into the meeting to give public comment is 415-655-0001. You will then enter access code 2495-157-5354, press pound, and then enter the webinar numeric password 7368 and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When the system says you are being asked to unmute yourself, to unmute, press star six, dial star and then six. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, 
TVs and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. If you are calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. You will have three minutes to speak, and if you have an interpreter on the line with you, you will have six minutes. To withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate and your line will be muted. You will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak during another public comment opportunity. Please visit the Rent Board's website for ongoing updates during the COVID-19 event. Thank you very much, uh, Executive Director. I'd like to call the meeting to order. And I'd like to announce that uh, Commissioner uh, uh, Sawney will read the uh, Ramatush Ohlone land acknowledgement, please. Thank you, President Gruber. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as, as well as for all the people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their, on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First People MBA. Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Sawney. Um, we now move on to uh, the roll call. Thank you, President Gruber. President Gruber? Here. President Gruber present. Commissioner Tom? Yeah. Commissioner Tom present. Commissioner Wasserman? Here. Commissioner Wasserman present. Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein not present. Commissioner Mossbrecker? Here. Commissioner Mossbrecker present. Commissioner Crow? Commissioner Crow not present. Commissioner Chan? Here. Commissioner Chan present. Commissioner Sawney? Present. Commissioner Sawney present. Commissioner Hung. Commissioner Hung not present. Commissioner Haley. Here. Commissioner Haley present. Um, I would like to acknowledge that the following staff members are also present this evening. Senior Administrative Law Judge Connie Brandon. Senior Administrative Law Judge Joey Kumis. Rent Board Specialist Diana Flores and myself, Executive Director and Board Secretary, Christina Varner. Thank you very much. We now move on to the approval of the minutes uh, for the meeting of December 13th, 2022. 
I'll move to approve. I'll second. Any uh, discussion, addition, subtractions? Call for the vote. Motion to approve the minutes of December 13th, 2022. Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. Commissioner Sawney. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Tom. Commissioner Tom. Aye. Commissioner Mossbrecker. I'm going to abstain since I <clears throat> since I wasn't present at the last meeting. Commissioner Chan. Aye. And Commissioner Haley. Aye. Okay, the minutes have been approved. Um, Executive Director, we move on to the remarks from the public. Thank you, President Gruber. Pardon me just one moment. It is now time for the first of two public comment call-in periods. The meeting instructions have changed slightly and members of the public who wish to provide public comment must now enter a webinar numeric password after entering the access code. The public comment call-in instructions are located, pardon me, having a technical issue right now. Give me just one moment. The public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rent Board's website at sf.gov slash rentboard in the meeting section. While you may view the meeting using the link located on the website and listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information, public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. The phone number to call into the meeting to give public comment is 415-655-0001. Then enter access code 2495-157-5354, press pound, and then enter the webinar numeric password 7368 and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When the system says you are being asked to unmute yourself, to unmute, press star six, dial star, and then six. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, TVs, and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. If you are calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. You will have three minutes to speak, and if you have an interpreter on the line with you, you will have six minutes. 
To withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate and your line will be muted. You will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak during another public comment opportunity. Um, REN board staff member Diana Flores will be operating the phone system today. I will be keeping time on a timer. When your time is up, you should hear the timer ringing, time will be called, and you as the caller will be muted. Uh, Ms. Flores, do we have any callers raising their hands in the queue wishing to provide public comment at this time? Yes, we have two callers in the queue. Great, thank you so much. Uh, can you please allow the first caller? Caller, you have three minutes. This is Ron Tito. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, it's a little bit quiet, sir. Can you uh, please possibly speak up or turn your volume up? Sure. Is that better? A little bit, yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, you so I'm, I'm making a brief comment with respect to the appeal calendar. It's item H215 Guerrero Street, number three. And my name is Ron Skibo. I am the attorney for the landlord, BTP, and I'm responding to the tenant's appeal of the decision of Judge Juarez. And I just wanted to make a few brief comments. Uh, one, this is a Costa Hawkins rent increase case. Uh, I submitted a brief. Uh, you should all have a copy. And first, the appeal simply attacks the factual findings made by Judge Juarez. Mainly, the landlord did not accept rent from the appealing subtenant and that the subtenant was not an original occupant. And how the judge decided the facts is not a basis to overturn the decision. And secondly, uh, the record at the rent board shows and of the hearing shows that for years, the tenant had passed himself off as one of the original occupants in order to avoid a cost of Hawkins rent increase. And he even submitted a fake ID to the landlord that showed his picture with the original tenant's name. The judge's assessment of the subtenant's credibility at the hearing should stand. Uh, in sum, Judge, Judge Wattis' decision was very thorough. The hearing took two days. There were many witnesses and written exhibits and submissions, and the decision should be affirmed. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, do we have additional callers in the queue wishing to provide comment at this time? Yes, we have two more callers. Can you please take the next caller? Um, hi, good evening, esteemed commissioners. Um, thank you for your time and consideration. This is concerning 730 Gonzalez. Uh, I am the tenant and I uh, wish to appeal the decision made in January 2023 
in hopes of having a more thorough hearing concerning 730 Gonzalez at Park Merced for reasons I stated in the attachment, which I submitted to the rent board. Um, and I'll summarize here in, in three minutes. Um, one, I don't feel that reducing my rent by 150 a month covers the ongoing decrease in services, which continue to cost me money, time, and, and emotional stress um, since 2013. And not only are the items continuing since the, the hearing in 2022, but they've gotten worse. And I don't know how, how much detail you'd like me to go into about the, um, the ongoing and worsening items. Shall I voice some of them now? Or do you have the attachment that I sent in? Caller, the uh, commissioners have many documents um, that have been received up until shortly before the meeting. Mm -hmm. um, it is your time to speak, so please go ahead. Okay, great. Uh, well, the, these issues of, of decreasing services, which um, include um, water damage, include uh, um, um, the dishwasher not working properly, um, emails harassing me saying that the dishwasher not working is my fault. I have, you know, do documents supporting this. And um, what we discovered finally um, after the hearing is that when we pulled the dishwasher out, um, we had a rodent person pull it out because a plumber refused to do it. And we saw a big hole, which photos are attached. And through that hole, um, rats have been coming in into the home. And there's a picture showing one of the rats that was killed. I don't kill animals, so just having a rat trap in my house is incredibly stressful. Um, you can hear the rats in the ceilings, you can hear them in the walls, and they were entering from behind the dishwasher, which had been ignored even though um, I had been saying to the landlord for many years, almost five years, there's something wrong with the dishwasher. In addition, there, um, when the dishwasher was finally replaced and the hole was patched up, we found a pipe that was also included in this pack um, packet, which was updated on uh, December 30th, that shows rats chewing through one of the pipes, which caused a huge leak under the sink. And again, the, the, these issues are just ignored by the landlord or the attempts for the, uh, the, the the attempts that the landlord uh, uh, suggests for fixing them are band-aid effects and they don't really fix the under underlying ongoing and hazardous um, thank hazardous you, living situation. Thank you. Thank you for meeting the caller, Ms. Frodis. Do we have additional callers in the queue wishing to provide comment? Yes, we have two remaining callers. Great, can you please allow the next caller? Caller, you will have three minutes. Good evening, this is Dana Zaragoza appearing for Robin Buckley on um, item number E, or excuse me, letter E of the uh, appeal agenda, uh, 830 Fillmore Street, number three. Uh, I'm going to keep this short. Um, essentially, this appeal arises because the administrative law judge did not follow the law concerning 
what hearsay evidence is admissible. Uh, in California, and, uh, well, that and the fact that uh, the administrative law judge also permitted a let, late declaration to be considered, uh, which uh, barred the petitioner from uh, any cross-examination of that witness. So we have a situation in which hearsay was again admitted, uh, but improperly because it denied the right of cross-examination. Both of these problems denied due process. And because of that, we feel that this matter should be returned to the administrative law judge for further consideration without consideration of the improper belated declaration that was submitted. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Thank you for muting the caller, Ms. Porter. Do we have additional callers in the queue wishing to provide comment? We have one more caller in the queue. Please allow the next caller. Caller, you will have three minutes. Good evening, commissioners. Thank you for listening to my appeal. My name is Robin Buckley. I'm a fourth generation native San Franciscan, retired from the San Francisco Department of Public Health. While working for the health department, some of my duties were to represent the health department on vicious and dangerous dog hearings. I also worked very closely with San Francisco Animal Care and Control. I am one of the founding members of the San Francisco Dog Owners Group, circa 1970s. This was a grassroots organization that advocated for responsible dog ownership and off-leash access. Up until 1997, the only public off-leash access areas in San Francisco was a small fenced area in Golden Gate Park. It's still there. It's been updated. Uh, it was extremely important for me to have a yard for my Mastiff dog and large iguana as I am elderly, disabled, and cannot exercise my dog as I used to. The main reason I moved to 830 Fillmore Street was because of my negotiated uh, pet agreement with Laurel Properties so I could have exclusive use of the yard. None of the other tenants wanted to use the yard. It's a very small yard. It's only about six feet wide and maybe 50 to 60 feet in length. At the time, no other tenants used it or desired to use it. I received a written uh, agreement from Laurel Properties uh, granting my request I had no issues with any of the other tenants regarding my pets using the yard exclusively. For over 20 years, there has not been any issues from my exclusive use for my pets until uh, all the other longtime tenants moved. I'm the only one left. I recently requested a copy of my lease and pet agreement from my landlord. I had to move out temporarily and could not find these. The Zimmerman's response was that they had no lease or pet agreement. Soon after my request, new tenants moved in and completely took over the small yard. I was now informed by a letter from the Zimmerman's attorney that the yard was to be shared. As you could see from the photos that were submitted previously, there was absolutely no room to even walk in the yard. There was so much junk uh, and just used dishwashers, tires, just it, you couldn't walk. 
anyway, I think this is a substantial decrease in services. Uh, I had planned when I moved into this place to have this yard, to be able to have my pet in old age and not have to worry about uh, walking. Thank you so much for your time. Goodbye. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, do we have uh, additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment? Not at this time. Thank you so much. So members of the public, this is the first of two public comment opportunities this evening. Um, this first one is before con the consideration of appeals and the next opportunity um, will be in the same manner after the consideration of appeals. So seeing that there are no additional members of the public dialing in and raising their hand wishing to provide comment. Oh, it looks like looks like somebody has not. Ms. Flores, can you confirm if someone has raised their hand uh, and is dialing in on the phone? Unfortunately, it's not the dial into the phone. Oh, there we go. User number eight. Give me one second. Great. Great. Thanks so much. Please go ahead and take the caller. You're able. And caller, you will have three minutes. Hello, my name is Emerson Gomez. This is regarding the item letter C on the agenda today. It's for property 4150 25th Street, which is a unit located in Noy Valley with, um, uh, that had four rooms. The reason that uh, I presented my case was because initially it had to do with a disagreement of living situation with another roommate who presented belligerent um, tendencies um, in my conversations with the master tenant while gathering information regarding how to go about this since um, I was not feeling comfortable living in the house. I later found out that there is also a policy regarding a disproportional share of the rent. Um, and in conversations with the next later master tenant, I came across information that I had the, I was paying the highest rent for the smallest room with no closet provided. This was all based on information um, compared to the ad that I had responded to. And so once I found out about this, I wanted to bring it up. Um, in addition to the uh, belligerent tenant that was living there, I felt that he posed a security risk in terms of its practices, such as turning off the, um, the, uh, the signal for the fire alarm, which I think poses a threat to the roommates and also the building in its entirety. And also, I feel that it is important that the master tenant be held accountable for its lack of fiduciary duty as a master tenant to be able to deal with the situation at hand. That's my comment. Thank you. Thank you, caller. So we're reaching the end of the first of two public comment call-in opportunities this evening. The second opportunity will be after. It looks like there is another caller in the queue uh, wishing to provide comment. Ms. Flores, is that correct? That's correct. 
Okay, great. Can you please go ahead and allow the caller? Caller, you will have three minutes. Great, thank you. Hi, my name is Jacqueline Patton, and I'm, be I'm appearing on behalf of my client, Mr. Victor Benitez, uh, regarding 215 Guerrero Street, unit number three. And I would like to address the comments from Mr. Ron Shivo at the beginning of this call. Uh, we disagree with the landlord's characterization of the basis of our appeal. We are disputing the legal basis of that decision, namely that the judge's characterization of Mr. Benitez that he was required to have intent to enter into the contract at the moment that the other tenant signed the lease and that the administrative law judge expanded the definition of occupy within Costa Hawkins. And because Costa Hawkins only states that an increase can be imposed after all the original occupants vacate. We believe that the administrative law judge expanded the definition of occupy beyond the intended definition of occupancy, which is the, is the plain definition of occupancy, meaning to occupy. We do dispute several of the facts and characterizations of the opposing party, but the basis of our appeal is on an incorrect interpretation of Casa Hawkins, again, the definition of occupy. The physical evidence shows Mr. Benitez resided at the premises since the inception of the tenancy, and this was never in dispute from the opposing party. We would like the, uh, we would like the appeals board today to take all of these facts into consideration and please vote in favor of granting uh, our appeal and reversing the decision of the administrative law judge. Thank you so much. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, do we have additional callers in the queue wishing to provide comment? Not at this time. Okay. So, <laughs> Uh, it looks like we are now at the end of uh, the first public comment opportunity this evening. And members of the public, there will be uh, a second opportunity to address the commission. It will be after uh, the action items, after the consideration of appeals. Um, so we will go ahead and seeing as there are no additional members of the public wishing to provide comment, we'll go ahead and close the first of two public comment periods. Um, and. Uh, go into the next item and then again there will be a second opportunity after the consideration of appeals this evening thank you for your patience give me just one moment President Gruber. Uh, thank you, Executive Director. Um, we now move on to consideration of appeals. And we will start with item A, 230 Central Avenue, number seven. The tenant's petition alleging decreased housing services was dismissed due to their non-appearance at the mediation. On appeal, the tenant claims that he did not receive the notice of mediation due to a broken mailbox and attaches the requisite declaration of non-receipt of notice of hearing. I would move to remand it with our standard admonition. Second. Any further comment? Call for the vote, please. 
Just wanted to draw the commissioner's attention this evening. I know there's been quite a number of documents flying back and forth in the last few days, but this um, uh, appellant has submitted some documents. Um, I don't know if you have looked at them today. Um, they were wishing to uh, be able to, yeah, be present at the board meeting, um, at least in a remote capacity, and. Um, due to a uh, their circumstances and a disability, they were having to attend the remote meeting at their advocate's office. So I don't I'm just drawing your attention to that. It's a you know the wishes of the board what you want to do with this. Um, but the uh, the appellant was seeking to be able to be present um, and observe the meeting online. Um, I see that here is that that's standard right now, right? All the hearings are online. They wanted to observe the meeting this evening and participate in the meeting online um, and had trouble arranging for that this evening is our is staff's understanding. Um, we're granting the relief they seek, so. And I yeah. don't feel that the request for a reasonable accommodation to hold the meeting at a special time for just one tenant is something that we have to honor or consider. I mean, we we can't just hold a meeting any any old a rent board meeting any time to accommodate the one tenant. Um, so I agree with Commissioner Wasserman. I would prefer just to find good cause and and let the a new hearing be scheduled. I agree. I mean, if, if we just vote to grant the relief that that this tenant seeks, um, I, I can't really see how they would really complain. Now, if the vote fails, we can discuss this further. I, please help me here. Didn't we just uh, give him a new hearing? We haven't or voted yet. We haven't voted yet. I mean, that's what the, that's what the. Uh, um, well, I don't know. We have two. Uh, uh, do we have two uh, uh, submittals right now as to what, what I, second you mean? I think that I think the issue is that he has requested that the meeting that that the appeal consideration be deferred until next month, and yet as it's been pointed out, it, w there's a, a motion with a second for consideration of uh, remanding the case with good cause so that the, the appeal is not dismissed. <laughs> so it seems that if we're it's right, the reasonable accommodation matter is moot. Yeah, in light of the pending motion, or could be moot in light of the pending motion. Thank you, commissioners. We have a, a, a first and a second. Executive director. Was that Commissioner Wasserman? Who made that motion and commissioner is there any further comment on this off of the vote please a motion to remand the case to the administrative law judge for a new hearing 
if the tenant uh, again fails to appear absent extraordinary circumstances, no new hearings will be scheduled. Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Mossbrecher. Aye. And Commissioner Haley. Aye. Okay, the motion carries and uh, this will be uh, sent back for a new hearing and the tenant will receive uh, information from the uh, rent board office. Item B, 235 Collingwood Street, Apartment A. The tenant's petition alleging decreased housing services was granted and the landlord was found liable to the amount in the amount of $6,283.81 for a lack of heat in the unit since the inception of the tenancy. The landlord did not appear at the hearing. The landlord claims an appeal on appeal that he did not receive the notice of hearing and attaches the requisite declaration of non-receipt of notice of hearing. I'll again move to remand for new hearing with our standard admonition. Okay. Any further comment? Call for the vote. A motion to remand the case to the administrative law judge for a new hearing. Should the uh, landlord again fail to appear, uh, no further hearings will be scheduled. Absent extraordinary circumstances, no further hearings will be scheduled. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrooker? Aye. And Commissioner Haley? Aye. Okay. The tenant uh, or the owner will receive a, a notice of the next uh, um, scheduled hearing for this case from the tenant, uh, from the uh, Rent Board Office. Item C, 4150 25th Street, the subtenant's petition alleging a disproportional share of rent was dismissed due to their non-appearance at the hearing. On appeal, the subtenant explains that they miscalculated the hearing date due to a clerical error. I'll move to find good cause. Um, I do wish the tenant had provided a little more detail, but. Um, I Did I miss something? But there's no, the declaration's not here. At least I didn't have it in my packet. I think it's the, not the, a complaint on the no. non-receipt. Is it? Oh, maybe I, I don't see it, but you're right. They, it's very light. I don't. Yeah, it's not a claim of not a receipt. He said he screwed up in terms of scheduling it and then could not get the time off from work. No second. So, I'm sorry, what is the uh, motion? Uh, it's a motion to find good cause and remand for a new hearing. So the, the need to sign a declaration isn't always uh, um, needed? 
this isn't a claim of, of non-receipt of the hearing date. He says he received the hearing date, but that he misscheduled it and then could not get time off of work. So it's more in, in line with a CCP 473 motion than a. I was going to say, Commissioner Mossberger, that would, this would never fly in court on a 473B. It would never fly because he had knowledge of it and didn't really take enough action, proactive action to, to address it. It's the same sort of an excuse that an attorney would use to say uh, my legal assistant misscheduled, miscalendared the item. And there are published cases on that, denying those, even on the mandatory relief. But anyhow. Any further comment? Call for the vote. Uh, a motion to remand the case to the administrative law judge for a new hearing. Uh, and no further hearings will be scheduled uh, absent extraordinary circumstances. Commissioner Mossbrooker? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. President Gruber? No. Commissioner Wasserman? No. And Commissioner Haley? Aye. Okay, the motion carries. There will be uh, a notice sent for another hearing, and, and please have your record straight to. Uh, Make sure you appear. Won't be another chance. With that, uh, we'll move to item D. Seventeen fifty six Broadway Street, number seven. The tenant's petition claiming an unlawful rent increase was granted, and the landlord was found liable for rent overpayments in the amount of forty thousand. $981.10. On appeal, the landlords contend that the tenant should have sought reimbursement from the former owner and that they were not informed of the tenant's rent history at the time they bought the property. I'm going to move to deny the appeal. I'll, I'll second it. Yeah. Baychester versus San Francisco Rent Board, the 2008 pellet case make, made the law of, of our jurisdiction very clear that it's the current owner that's responsible, uh, notwithstanding the mistake, intentional or otherwise, was, could have been made by the prior owner. The recourse is for the current owner to go after the prior owner, but the tenant is to recover from the current owner. Any further comment? Call for the vote. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman. I'm sorry, Commissioner Mossbrucker. Yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. And Commissioner Haley. Aye. Thank you. The uh, hearing officer's decision stands. Item E, 830 Fillmore Street, number three. The tenant's petition alleging decreased housing services was granted in part. The administrative law judge denied the tenant's claim regarding exclusive use of the backyard 
and found the landlord liable in the amount of $530 for unreasonable noise, for unreasonable noise. On appeal, the tenant argues that he was provided the exclusive use of the backyard by the former owner, which was recited in a written pet agreement he gave the landlord respondents in 1998. The tenant contends that the landlord's post-hearing declaration regarding the pet agreement was inadmissible hearsay in that the ALJ's reliance on that evidence deprived him of due process. I would move to deny. Second. Further comment? Call for the vote. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrooker? No. Commissioner Chan? Aye. And Commissioner Haley? I'm sorry, Commissioner Haley? Aye. Okay, the hearing officer's decision stands. We move on to item F five five excuse me five five six Waller Street. The subtenant's petition alleging a disproportionate share of rent was granted, and the master tenant was found liable for rent overpayments in the amount of two thousand two hundred nineteen dollars and fifty cents. The master tenant argues on appeal that the administrative law judge was biased in that the bedroom dimensions provided by the subtenant were not accurate. I move to deny. Second. Any discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrucker? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. And Commissioner Haley? Aye. The hearing officer's decision stands. Item G, 730 Gonzalez Drive. The tenant filed two petitions alleging various decreased housing services. In the consolidated decision, the landlord was found liable in the amount of $1,950 for damage to the bathtub, walls, and floors, but the tenant's other claims were denied. On appeal, the tenant states that there were many serious conditions in her unit that still need repair. Hold on, I, Commissioner Wasserman here. I need to recuse myself from this matter. I filed a notice of recusal with the Ethics Commission last week. The reason for recusal is I represent Park Merced, although I did not participate in this matter. So I'll go ahead and log off if somebody could just text me when, when I'm to come back on. Thank you. Any further uh, notices? Uh, with that, uh, uh, do we have a motion for 730 Gonzalez? Um, or is, is, is Wasserman off the phone, off the? Uh... Wasserman has departed the meeting. Okay, thank you. Yeah. 
Comments, um, motions? Deny. I'm sorry? Move to deny. A second. Further discussion? Call for the vote. I just want to uh, confirm, Commissioner Tom, that's a motion to deny both appeals. In the consolidated decision. Thank you. A motion to deny both of the tenants' appeals, Commissioner Tom. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrecker? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. And Commissioner Haley? Aye. The hearing officer's decision stands on the consolidated decision. We move on to item H, 215 Guerrero Street, number three. Pardon me while I uh, alert uh, Commissioner Wasserman oh, to return. Yes, to please. Meeting. Thank you. Always move quickly to get. Not giving him time to get back. And Commissioner Wasserman has returned to the meeting. Thank you. Uh, we will. Let's see. Uh, move on to 215 Guerrero Street number three. The landlord's petition for a determination pursuant to the Costa Hawkins Rental Housing Act was granted. The administrative law judge found that a rent increase was authorized because all of the original occupants vacated and the tenant respondent is a subtenant who moved in after the tenancy commenced. The tenant appeals the decision on the ground that he is an original occupant who moved into the unit with the landlord's permission at the same time as the rest of the family members. Move to deny. Second. Discussion. I'm a little concerned about the acceptance of the rent issue. There are checks that were um, submitted under the name Victor Benitez, who in the name of the appellant, 
going back as far as um, June 29th of 2019. And it seems that there's at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten checks that were in his own name. And most of those do predate the notice of rent increase. So, I mean, even if you're not going to find him an original occupant, it's, it seems that that acceptance of rent should carry some weight. But that's but but the statute's clear on that. In fact, thankfully, the Superior Court's now adopted the correct interpretation. It's acceptance of rent after receiving notice from the last original occupant that creates waiver. It's not the mere acceptance of rent. It's acceptance of rent after receiving notice from the original occupant that they are vacating. And that's not what happened here. So as a matter of law, this is a correct decision. Commissioner Watson, I'll just point out there's two different issues, right? One is whether or not the landlord waived their right to impose a cost to Hawkins rent increase, right. as you were describing. And the other is issue, which is whether or not he was a subtenant or a co-tenant at the time the rent increase notice was served. And I think what Commissioner Mossbrucker is arguing is that by accepting rent payments, it established a direct landlord-tenant relationship with this person. He became a co-tenant. It's no longer even a waiver issue because can't waive a right you don't have, right? So two different issues. Thank you. Just, just, to, just to clear that up. Thank you, ALJ Kumas. Any further comment? Call for the vote, please. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrucker? No. Commissioner Chan? No. And Commissioner Haley? Aye. The hearing officer's decision stands. We move on to item I, 1230 Russia Avenue. The tenant's petition alleging decreased housing services was granted in part, and the landlord landlords were found liable in the amount of $1,652.50 for water damage ceilings and rubbish in the backyard. The landlords argue on appeal that no rent reduction is warranted for the condition of the backyard because the tenant in a different unit was given exclusive use of the yard. Move to deny the appeal. I'll second. So, um, It, it, it seems that the, the, the landlord is being uh, asked to pay for the uh, for for uh, for something that's from another tenant, not not this tenant here. Is that a? I don't think that's legal. the situation. I think the landlord is being required to pay the tenant for decrease in services for failing to maintain the yard in a a safe and sanitary manner and that, that it doesn't matter who has 
the use of the yard as much as it's that the tenant is being the tenancy is being affected by their failure to maintain the yard. I'll tell you what did it for me is the issuance of the NOV. And that, and and that does what, uh, Commissioner Wasserman? Well, the NOV is a violation, and right. you know, that, that meeting the billing department noted that there was a violation of the billing code that occurred okay. to the detriment of the residents. So I, I think it's fair in this instance. Okay. Any further discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Mossbrooker. Aye. Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. And Commissioner Haley. Aye. The hearing officer's decision stands. The last appeal, 2647 Mission Street, apartment number six. The tenant's application for a deferral of capital improvement pass-through based on financial hardship was denied because the tenant failed to provide income evidence for a second, excuse me, for second occupant of the unit. On appeal, the tenant states that the second occupant has agreed to submit income evidence and attaches various supporting documents. I would move to grant the appeal. Second. And as to the ALJ's question, I think since the it's now both occupants requesting that or providing information regarding hardship, it should be as to the full amount of the pass through. Any further comments? Call for the vote, please. So the motion is to uh, um, re, uh, to to submit this back to the hearing officer for a hearing. Correct. If if necessary, yes. Executive director. Thank you, President Kruber. A motion to accept the appeal and remand the case to the administrative law judge uh, to consider the tenant's request for deferral of the entire capital improvement pass through um, with a hearing to be held only if necessary. Commissioner Mossbrucker? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. And Commissioner Haley? Aye. Thank you very much. Uh, we've now concluded the uh, appeals. And we move on to the second remarks from the public. Executive Director Varner, please. Thank you, President Gruber. Please bear with me just a moment.
It is now time for the second of two public comment call-in periods. Please again note that the meeting instructions have changed slightly and members of the public who wish to provide public comment must now enter a webinar numeric password after entering the access code. The public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rent Board's website at sf.gov rentboard in the meetings section. While you may view the meeting using the link located on the website and listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information, public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. The phone number to call into the meeting to give public comment is 415-655-0001. You will then enter access code 2495-157-5354 press pound, and then enter the numeric password 7368 and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When the system says you are being asked to unmute yourself, to unmute, press star six, dial star and then six. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, TVs, and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. If you are calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. You will have three minutes to speak, and if you have an interpreter on the line with you, you will have six minutes. To withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate and your line will be muted. You will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. And this is the last public comment opportunity this evening. Rent Board staff member Diana Flores is again operating the phone system today, and I am again keeping time on a timer. When your time is up, you should hear the timer ringing, time will be called, and the caller will be muted. Uh, Ms. Flores, do we have any callers raising their hands in the queue wishing to provide public comment? Yes, we have two callers in the queue. Okay, great. Can you please uh, allow the first caller? Caller, you will have three minutes. Hi, yes, thank you. Um, this is the tenant from 730 Gonzalez Drive, item G. Um, I uh, wanted to just um, make a few points that I'm not appealing the consolidated decision that, that's listed here. What I'm appealing is um, the, the, the entire item itself that there um, were there were items with receipts um, totaling over twenty thousand dollars, and I was awarded one thousand dollars for a decrease in services that have affected my well-being. And since this hearing that took place, where the consolidated decision was granted in part, the items have gotten worse. 
the floorboards, um, the rats entering the house, the leaking dishwasher because the rats have chewed through the hole in the wall and the pipes. These, all of these items have been documented um, since, since, um, since the hearing. And I was advised um, by the rent board to come to this appeal process and and let everyone know that the issues have gotten worse and, and that I've documented everything. And so I'm a little confused as to why um, the appeal was not granted. It's not an appeal of the consolidated decision. It's an appeal saying these issues have not been fixed. They, um, and they've gotten worse. So I'm not sure if there's some confusion here about the actual appeal, but I do want to state that for the record. Thanks. Thank you, caller. Thank you, Ms. Fortis, for muting the caller. Are there additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment? Yes, we have two more callers. Great, thank you so much. Please go ahead and allow the next caller. Caller, you have three minutes. Ms. Flores, is there someone on the line? The caller has been unmuted, but it doesn't appear that we are receiving sound. Hi, uh, can you hear me okay? Oh, there's the caller. I'm, yes, you, oh, have three, you have three minutes, caller. Um, I'm a little ignorant of the process. I'm wondering if I can ask questions or if it can only be a comment. It is only common at this time, caller. Um, so I, I guess my comment then would be for um, letter F for 556 Waller Street. Um, I, as the subtenant was unable, or I'm sorry, as the master tenant was unable to um, enter the room to get the um, initial um, uh, the, the square footage of the rooms. Um, the subtenant did not let us in um, to the room and I didn't have access to it. So I don't know that his numbers were correct because the other ones that I did um, were still very incorrect. And I also um, just want it to be on the public record that um, Andrew Yick was um, extremely biased within his um, during the meeting, um, going so far as laughing at the fact that we said me and the other sub or master tenant weren't able to be in the house for an entire month because of how unsafe we felt. Um, and as somebody who's done court mediation before, it was, um, in my opinion, extremely unprofessional. And I just want that to be on the record as well. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment? 
We have one more caller in the queue. Thank you so much. Can you please allow the next caller? Caller, you have three minutes. Hi, my name is Irving Gomez. I'm uh, the landlord regarding item J at 2647 Mission Street. I was a little shocked at the fact that you have granted this appeal, yet it seems like either you did not uh, look at the record where the administrative judge allowed them extra time to submit information and then to actually allow them now to retroactively amend their appeal as well. That does not seem like an issue of law, but administrative that they should have corrected originally. Um, and you did that without any discussion. So I'm like shocked at that. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment at this time? Not at this time. Thank you so much. So members of the public, this is the last public comment opportunity this evening. Um, if you do wish to provide comment, the uh, way to provide comment is by calling in on the phone. That's by dialing 415-655-0001, uh, dialing access code 2495-157-5354, pressing pound, and then entering the webinar numeric password 7368 and pressing pound again. Uh, and then you would dial star and three to what's called raise your hands so that uh, we know you would like to provide comment. So again, this is the last opportunity this evening to address the commissioners. Um, if any members of the public uh, would like to address the commission, please go ahead and dial in now. Uh, otherwise, uh, we're gonna go ahead and close uh, the last public comment opportunity. And we'll give it just a moment to see if there are any members of the public um, wishing to provide comment. Ms. Flores, does it appear that someone is raising their hand? Yeah, it seems to be Commissioner Tom. Oh. By mistake. Please ignore that. Oh, okay. Thank you. Are there any members of the public uh, in the queue wishing to provide comment at this time? Not at this time. Okay, thank you so much. So members of the public, um, this is the final opportunity this evening to address the commission. Uh, if there's anyone who would remaining who would still like to address the commission, the phone number to dial in is 415-655-0001, access code 2495. 1575354 and enter pound and then webinar numeric password 7368 and press pound again. And then you would dial star and three to raise your hand. 
Ms. Flores, are there any additional callers? Not at this time. Okay, thank you. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and close the second of uh, two public comment call-in periods this evening. Give me just one moment. Thank you, members of the public. Thank you, Ms. Flores, give me just a moment. Thank you. Executive Director, are you ready for communications? Yes, President Gruber, thank you so much. <laughs> Pardon me while I just move some things around over here. Okay. Good evening, yet again, commissioners. This is Executive Director Christina Varner, and um, Happy New Year to everybody. It's nice to see you. Um, so you should have received articles from staff. There were just a few uh, for this meeting, articles from the Chronicle, SF Standard, and the Sacramento Business Journal. And you will also find the workload statistics for November, 2022. And that's all I have for communications. Thank you. If no further comments, uh, we'll close communications and we'll move on to director's report. Thank you so much, President Gruber. So good evening again, commissioners. This is executive director, Christina Varner. Um, uh, a lot remains the same as it changes. <laughs> I won't say the old saying. Um, so departmental operations remain the same. And here in early 2023, um, the office is open to the public at reduced hours in line with city guidance and with support from the public. Um, our phone counseling line remains open to the public with the hours of nine to noon and one to four, Monday through Friday, excluding holidays um, and staff continue to work on a hybrid basis, uh, both at home and in the office. Um, we continue to work with uh, Public Works Architecture and Bureau of Building Repair and other collaborators on the new space on the sixth and seventh floors. And I will give you a bit more of a detailed update um, in a few minutes when we discuss uh, the fiscal year 23-24 um, departmental budget. Um, so uh, owners have now received their 2023 rent board fee and housing inventory informational notices, uh, informing them of their requirement to report into the housing inventory, their anticipated uh, March 1st rent board fee obligation, how to request an exemption of the rent board fee if they believe they should be exempt and how to report into the housing inventory. Uh, again, and importantly, the housing inventory reporting deadline for owners of all properties is March 1st, 2023. Um, the time period to request an exemption from the 2023 rent board fee has passed. Um, uh, but if an owner believes they should have received a 2023 informational notice and did not receive one, um, or they're trying to figure out their obligation, 
that owner should definitely contact uh, 311 as initial, initial uh, point of contact uh, for the department. Um, 2023 rent board fee annual notice invoices are going out um, this week. We opened our online fee payment system on January the 9th and payments are starting to come in both online and by check. If voters previously uh, accessed their properties in the portal, either by paying their 2022 fee or reporting into the inventory or both, um, owners can simply log back in to their existing accounts to pay the fee or re-report in advance of the March 1st deadline. And uh, again, timely rent board fee payments are due March 1st. So just a reminder, and I, I know I said this and sounded like a, you know, just I was on repeat <laughs> for many months last year because people were getting used to it. But if rent board fee payments are late, uh, they will initially incur a 5% penalty uh, beginning March 2nd, and then a 10% penalty in April and a 15% penalty in May and uh, payments uh, uh, after May 31st are delinquent. Um, speaking of delinquencies, uh, so we expect delinquent 21-22 uh, rent board fee obligations to be sent to collections later this month. And I will discuss that more in terms of the fiscal year 24 budget shortly. The Legislative update is still relatively, it's basically the same as it was last month. Um, I won't complain. <laughs> um, uh, this one is uh, in the same state that it was at our last meeting, which is Board of Supervisors file 221021, which would make changes to the Planning Codes Home SF program, is still before Land Use and Transportation Committee. This is the program that allows density bonuses and zoning code modifications to new development projects that agree to provide certain amounts of affordable housing. And this legislation would expand the Home SF program to projects that agree to sublet the residential units in the development to rent control under the rent ordinance instead of providing additional on-site affordable units. Um, and California Assembly Bill 12 uh, was introduced by Assembly Member Matt Haney of San Francisco, as we know, on December the 5th, 2022, and I believe it's still awaiting committee action. And this legislation would amend uh, Civil Code 1950.5 to cap security deposits to an amount equal to no more than one month's rent, regardless of whether the property is furnished or unfurnished. And that's all I have for legislation. I have a few more items and a few things I wanted to address. I may. <laughs> um, so, I'm sorry, President Gruber. I think. Yeah. What, what agenda item are, are we on? Uh, we're still in the director's report, President Gruber. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, in regards to the digital distribution of meeting material, um, for the first time, you have received meeting material uh, digitally. Um, and uh, you've also received it on paper uh, by popular demand for this meeting. Um, so, you know, wanted to seek your feedback. And um, if there's anyone who had strong feedback to supply or um, 
you're certainly welcome to also provide feedback by, to me individually by email. But if there was anything uh, you needed to know or you wanted us staff to know um, for future meetings, I also wanted to inquire if um, commissioners, you would like to continue to receive your uh, meeting material um, in the same format. Um, and if uh, staff could uh, do away with paper um, for members of this commission and what your thoughts were on that. I'm curious, so thank you so much for this uh, the switch over uh, as, as executive, executive director Varner uh, and your team and in, in doing it and also balancing doing make, uh, paper delivery to everyone's residents. Um, on my end, it worked well. Uh, it took a while to figure out how to access all the documents in terms of just getting access to my email account. But once I figured out the system, um, it made a lot of sense. Um, I'd probably say maybe whenever we're doing additional supplementals to the to um, a specific case, just putting it in the actual case file opposed to making a separate folder just for keeping everything into one folder or opposed to having us to go into multiple subfolders would be my, my first recommendation. Um, if it is that we do separate between items that are that are the appeals versus items that are really more more everything else. So the meeting minutes, the workloads, those kind of items, kingdom kind of just so really um, dividing how the how the the folders for each meeting is organized is really there's the appeals and then there's everything else. Um, and the organizing things like the meeting minutes, like the previous meeting minutes, me putting that in the higher level than everything else within it. Uh, putting them in subfolders would just make it more nuanced, like just make it easier to kind of cycle these through these in the future to know what PLPs we are looking at. Um, but personally, I thought this was really helpful. Um, uh, I, I do think that over time, there's even more areas for improvement. Um, I think that kind of more trickles down to the downstream of this process and more the upstream of this process. Um, if it be digitizing more of the submission process for uh, tenants and digitizing uh, for tenants and for landlords in terms of the appeals themselves and really getting paper out of the process if that's a possibility to get to help streamline the process for staff would be the ideal but for what I see right now it was a good improvement thanks that's really helpful really appreciate that feedback this is Commissioner Chan. Yeah. I would I would just second everything that Commissioner Tony has said um, with just the addition that I think uh, it's either, you know, the, for supplementals, either put them in the same folder as the original original um, shared folder or just to do it like the old way that attaching the supplemental themselves to the PDFs. And that's actually that was that worked very well before. And there's, I, I see it's actually easier for us to access those information than to try to log into our um, SFGov email, open the folder, and downloading those files. I'd rather just get an email with the documents already attached, just like the way it was before the switch to the electronic system. Otherwise, I mean, it works great for me. And I would, I would rather stop receiving paper copies. 
just my my own two cents. Thank you. President Gruber, how was your experience? I'm curious. Well, I was balancing both. And so, you know, I'm used to having the uh, the uh, file and having to stare at a screen. It's always been um, not my natural uh, way of, of, of uh, uh, reading documents, but uh, um, I got through it. I think that the, uh, I'd like to just echo that, you know, that late submittals, um, I don't follow my emails to the moment and I'm not always, you know, available um, you know, uh, if, uh, on the day of, uh, I'm in and out, uh, but uh, um, I want to make sure I don't miss those late submittals and some, you know, come in very late in the day. That's my only Thank comment. You. Thank you, President Gruber. Same comment, because um, if it's coming in the mail, you know, you can only get it by a certain time that day, but if it's electronic, you can get it right up to the time of the meeting that we got one um, later in the day today. And I'm just wondering if there can be some kind of deadline where we don't, where we can expect that we have everything that we, we're going to. Well, the second comment is, you know, I live on, paper a lot and I'm not sure yet how to make the transition to take notes on the electronic form. That's my own shortcoming, but I'm thinking if there was uh, maybe a little bit of training or reading or referencing that, that we can do to mark up those things without messing it up for the, the records, you know, just for our own use. Um, I don't know if anyone else had a issue with that trying to take electronic notes. So just for my my own professional usage, um, I found a lot of use in just downloading it to my computer and doing all the markups through Adobe, and they have a pretty robust commenting feature in there. So if that's that might be something I would recommend pursuing uh, Adobe Reader as a as a tool to use. Um, when it comes to kind of going through the documents, providing comments. And I'm happy to kind of talk offline with you and kind of uh, shop on kind of ways to do that as well, uh, Commissioner Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Commissioner Sani. That was going to be a suggestion of mine as well. Is there, um, it, it does seem like some items are the actual digitized, some are photocopies. Is that a fair assumption in terms of the different variety of? Uh... There is quite a variety of documents that we received. <laughs> and, and to many of your various points about when they come in and, you know, to Commissioner Tom's point about the uh, documents being accessible by yourselves at any moment, uh, parties submit documents at any time, and we do encourage parties to submit them by a particular time. Um, and however, if they do that past that time, if they submit documents later, we, we do, do still want you to 
get them. So, um, you know, we try our best and we don't purposely mean to have submissions come in on the day of uh, the meeting, but that is when we often receive things is the day of the meeting. Um, but uh, yeah, Commissioner Tom, I'm happy to speak with you too, if, if there's something we can do to, to help facilitate ease in, in using the, the electronic or digital versions. Did anyone else have any feedback, particular feedback? I'm happy to I think that it, it, it's a learning process. Um, I'm not as uh, sophisticated with the computer. And so um, my, my knowledge is basic uh, uh, with the things that I have to do to try to come up to speed with the nuances is, is difficult. Um, I'll see how far I can get with all that. Um, what about the public? Um, does the public, in order to have access to I don't know, records and whatever else, does that have to be all computerized too? Or is that, um, you know, if, if someone needs uh, information on their appeal or whatever, do they have to have uh, knowledge of, of uh, access with the computer? We would provide documents and in, in, or copies of appeal documents in the way that the requester is requesting it. So we do get many requests in electronic format it's it's just easy for a lot of people um, we get some paper requests and you know we do have a public packet uh, that we create for for any member of the public to be able to access in paper um, because we're required to have that so we would we would likely continue to have that or be able to you know, have that readily available at a moment's notice. Um, if the actual paper copy, you know, hadn't been printed, we would be easily able to print it. So, but yes, the public access to the documents is, you know, number one consideration. On Mike's problem, uh, my next question would be, I know that Within the appeals paperwork, there is the request to have six copies of everything submitted. Um, there's there's at least some, uh, there are some requirements on the appealing body to provide copies of the documentation. Is that is that going to now be for uh, requirement be removed now that we're switching more to digital, or is that requirement still going to stand? We might look to change that requirement. I mean, that's like a purely administrative request um just yeah. removing the, the barriers to submitting appeals that's all absolutely, absolutely. it's easier absolutely for... i mean i think the majority that we receive come in by email as, okay. as pdfs mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah if there are just continuing to be ways to make this process more digitized obviously that becomes less of a burden on staff but also on any appealing body to make this smoother i would always advocate for that and then happy to Happy to be a submitting a, a dummy submitting body to kind of walk through and find those areas with staff on uh, areas for improvement. Thank you so much. We can we can like always a, use more guinea pigs. I would just like to make a, I mean a, a di slight addendum to my last comment that I'll rather not. I'm okay not receiving any paper copies. Looking forward to maybe this goes into. A, a different topic. If we go back to in-person meetings, like I mentioned, 
last time. Um, what would be the infrastructure? I wonder if what's what's the infrastructure in in having access to these digital documents for in-person meetings. Uh, yeah, so that's a that's a great question. A question for and me. Those are yeah, those are some things that have come up um, in re reviewing the the new memo, and we can talk about that in a moment. Um, but yes, those are definitely considerations, things we've been thinking about. So I personally uh, don't have any desire to receive any paper copies as well moving forward. Um, so I just want to reiterate that. I don't know Understood. what would be helpful for, if it's a unanimous decision on this body for us to make that, kind of entertain that as we are remote for now. But um, or I don't know what the, the right protocol would be or if we're just doing it on a one-on-one -on -one basis with the staff but I'll communicate that for myself at the very least. Thank you, Commissioner Sloney. President Gruber? Yes. Did you wanna say something? No, I, uh, you know, it's a work in progress and uh, probably uh, um, I'll need to wait for, uh, uh, you know, the, the submittals and if I have questions or whatever else, uh, I'm going to call you. <laughs> Thank you, President Gruber. <laughs> um, great. Well, I really appreciate that feedback. We are every all of this is, you know, it's a work in progress. There's a lot of change going on and, and we're excited about it. And um, we know it can be it can be tricky at times for many reasons. Um, but we really appreciate uh, you're working with that. I just wanted to make one last comment um, in the director's report before we move on to the next item. Um, just in regards to the department's ongoing racial equity work. Um, uh, we have one commissioner enrolled um, in a January workshop. Um, and I had sent emails to a few others of you individually seeking your availability for either that workshop or a March workshop. So if you um, receive my emails, if you could respond to that, that would be great. And I do think I did receive um, a response. So thank you. But um, I will be reaching out and scheduling those. Thank you so much for per previous discussion. We don't need to go into any of that. Um, and that is, concludes the director's report. Okay. Thank you, executive director. And we move on to old business. So old business, AB 361, mayoral directive and future remote commission meetings. So you have all received or hopefully received a city attorney memo that I forwarded to you regarding state rules in the Brown Act, um, mostly reverting to the same rules that were in effect uh, prior to, oh my goodness, three years ago when we started having remote uh, commission meetings uh, with, uh mostly with two exceptions so the most important item to note is that uh, this policy body as of march 1st will be required to meet in person um and 
will not be required to provide hybrid public comment, except in uh, particular circumstances. So, um, and as you may have read, there are two exceptions to the presence requirement that applies to policy body members. Um, one is in regards to reasonable accommodations of policy body members, and one is in regards to the parental leave policy. So I just wanted to open it up first before we made any motions to um, hold our February 14th meeting um, on WebEx, if there were any um, questions, comments, discussion uh, by the commissioners on this item, feedback, thoughts. Sorry, the next meeting is going to be in person? No, the, me the next meeting, uh, President Gruber, on February 14th will be in this format on, on WebEx. And, and then after that? It would be in person. Do we have a place to go? <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> I have actually uh, already sought room reservations for two rooms in this building. Um, I'm waiting to hear. So we will find out. The fortunate thing is that one item that we had discussed previously that was a bit tricky for this commission and where we used to meet pre-pandemic was that those rooms are not uh, technologically well-equipped. And so uh, it was going to be tricky for us if we were going to be required to hold hybrid meetings with hybrid public comment, but that does not look like it is the case here, except in a particularly limited circumstances. And so for the most part, we would be able to hold our meetings in this building in one of those two rooms, either um, suite 70 in the basement or in room 610 up on the sixth floor. So I went ahead and have placed reservations for those rooms. Um, yeah. Is 270 where we used to meet in the basement? 70, yes. Suite 70. Okay. Mm -hmm. And do we know what times we submitted for? For our, our normal time at six o'clock. Okay. To the best of my knowledge, there are not still not a lot of um, evening meetings in the building in person. Um, so we would likely be able to secure that time. I did I did request reservations for the rest of the year, um, knowing what we know right now. So uh, I will probably I will highly likely have very concrete information by the next board meeting on February 14th um, about uh, how, where we will be meeting. So that leads into a bit of discussion about how you want your materials. Um, it sounds like uh, two commissioners want their materials still in electronic format. Um, assuming at this moment in time that if commissioners are bringing their materials to the meeting in electronic format, they will be providing their own um, devices uh, to review those materials. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky is um, how, 
how commissioners will review the, the me meeting materials during the meeting itself. Now, I, I'm not technically inclined, but you, you, is it uh, suggested that we bring our own computer? It's not necessarily, uh, we're just exploring the issue right now, President Gruber, given that we just got word that we will have to meet in person in March. Um, it's something that we can discuss, um, but uh, at this moment in time, uh, I am not aware of a way that the department could provide devices, which was an idea that, or discussion point, brief discussion point at a previous meeting. Um, and uh, we had just been talking about commissioners receiving electronic documents for the meeting. So um, we could potentially do both again for a bit of time to figure out how we're going to go about it. Um, the commissioners who want to have electronic documents will have them and be able to access them. And the commissioners who would like paper copies can have paper copies. Uh, my, my request would be if we're going to have to be in a physical meeting here in San Francisco, <laughs> um, that I would prefer to have paper copies for the meeting. Got it. Thank you, Commissioner Haley. Question Is there going to be Wi Fi that we can use at the in room 70? So I am finding out, Commissioner Chan, a lot of things have changed in three years, and I've heard. I've heard some rumors that there might be one. <laughs> so I'm I'm finding out. I'm putting an inquiry. Because I, I think at this point with uh, a number of questions in the air, I'd like it in uh, in paper form until um, I'm comfortable with uh, the format. Understood, President Gruber. Thank you. Um, so, at least minimally, I think we're all going to have to be mentally prepared to meet in person um, in March, in mid-March. Um, and if that means, you know, obviously there's no current mask mandate and everybody's comfortable with different, different things and, you know, but we do sit fairly close together and um, we can certainly place air purifiers in the room if that's, you know, to make things a little bit more comfortable. Um, the room upstairs, uh, 610, is quite spacious, so that might be preferable for the commissioners. Um, so we will see, though, what we're able to reserve. Yeah, I find that interesting because uh, that that's not a minor issue uh, with COVID and and the public uh, uh, coming in. We don't know who has what or whatever. Um, and a smaller room like seventy um, can be packed for for a uh, um, uh, for d different uh, uh, appeals or or uh, public comments or whatever. And uh, we don't really regulate the occupancy. And um, do we do we owe, owe you know, something to us and, and the public that we don't uh, um, end up with, a, with an issue, uh, uh, you know, that's uh, health related. Um, 
Uh, I have to be careful with that. And so I'm susceptible more than most people. And so, uh, um, you know, it's a concern to me that we do have the proper protocols to help. Uh, the other thing is that the one thing I liked about having these remote hearings was I felt that an evening meeting, you know, for many people, they don't have to get on tra public transportation. They don't need to come down to an area that, that sometimes can be you know, listed as, as, as problematic. And um, and they need to find parking and and uh, make arrangements to to uh, appear uh, if they need to. And so uh, um, it's it, it it's not all um, I don't know figured out in a sense. It, is there a way, a way for us to improve the capabilities of whatever room we do select? I'm sure our budget can support us paying for equipment to support a hybrid meeting. Uh, is there any way that we can look into that possibility of doing that? Um, I have two questions for you, Commissioner Sonny. When you say hybrid meeting, what do you mean to support a hybrid meeting? Well, it sounds like we will have we we are required to go back to in person meetings as of March. Um, but there was benefits that was communicated by President Gruber, and I'm sure we all experienced firsthand. Uh, the ability uh, to call into meetings if you want to be represented as a uh, during our public comment period or um, having to partake uh, on these meetings via uh, online. So if while I'm not saying that this needs to happen in March, it might be something that we at least consider um, if other boards are doing it as well. Um, what it, what would it take for us to have? The ability to host these meetings as hybrids going forward in whatever room we do select. Mm, for purposes of public comment, is that what you're referring to? And public involvement, yes. Um, and for purposes of general public comment, rather than as a member of the public's reasonable accommodation request. The the former, not the latter, yes. Yes. Right. Okay. That, that's a good point, um, Executive Director. I, I noticed that with the. Uh, uh, Board of Supervisors, uh, public comment can be done in person, or they also have it set up for um, uh, a response uh, via, um, you know, the telephone. Yes, what the other way? Yeah, that's how it is at the current moment. So, yeah, both. I, I un yes, I understood something that the. I don't want to necessarily speak out of turn. Um, this is just a or, work in progress. Go ahead. But that I'm not so sure that 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 is going to be necessarily available to because it would no longer be a requirement for boards and commissions uh, to host generalized remote public comment. That I'm not necessarily sure if it's going to be uh, supported in the same way. Um, because it's, it, it's quite an undertaking and it requires a lot of people, um, the boards and commissions who are supported in that way right now meet. Well, this was the whole thing that we were talking about before they meet in city hall and they're supported by SF gov TV. Now that makes that's obviously going to occur for the board of supervisors. Obviously that's without question. Um, but for other boards and commissions. That wasn't um, necessarily something that occurred on a regular basis um, prior to these changes going into effect. Um, 
So I am actually uh, attending a meeting later this week and I'm hoping to learn a little bit more um, on what other boards and commissions are doing and possibilities for us. And w one of the main difficulties or challenges um, for this body was that meeting in city hall there were there was just not enough space um particularly in the evening time when when members could um commit to meeting so um i i am 100 percent with you commissioner sonny to look into potentially um you know making meetings that accessible that way and maybe with just a call a call-in feature rather than you know entirely um uh, with video capability as well i'm not sure you know that might be a little bit more complicated um or just well anyways i won't i won't go <laughs> imagining yeah. all the things i know about what this takes what i'll say is that yes happy to look into it likely it will not happen for march but yeah, we'll, we'll, there's, there's so much we need to do to figure out how this is going to go. So yeah, but take all of that into consideration for sure. Thank you very much. Can I just Absolutely. say, I would just echo um, Commissioner Sani's remarks in that it just seems to me, particularly with like an elderly population and other, sub, other subpopulations as a matter of accessibility. Um, that, that we should be offering some way for the, the public to participate uh, apart from in person. Um, and I don't know whether that's like the phone in, I mean, just some, some means. And it also strikes me, I mean, is it possible in terms of meeting places that there is, there are more sort of user friendly accessible places for us to, to have our meetings? I mean, are we limited to the, the, our building and the, and city hall? Um, thanks, Commissioner Haley. I appreciate the comments. Um, we're not. Let me, add, let me add one thing, uh, 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 Executive Director. I, I, I find it disturbing that all of this is put on your shoulders. Don't we have uh, uh, departments in the city that that are are responsible for meetings and and, and technology and whatever? Uh, is it really off for us to figure this out? They give us uh, a mandate, and and then we're we're the ones that have to. I mean, they've been working on this for a long time. They have departments that are working in in in, in this in this arena, and yet uh, it doesn't seem that, that that we're getting any help. My opinion. I don't mean to ramble. Thank you, President Gruber. Um, with. Uh, Currently, we don't have a deputy director and the deputy director at the rent board is. Um, has traditionally been the board secretary, so I still retain the board secretary role. And so, as part of that role, it's my responsibility to. Figure this out, um, and that's what. I've done the last few years and. Uh, we do have some support um, and. Like I said, I have there. There are a group of folks who have provided quite a great deal of support throughout this. Um, you know, including uh, Department of Technology, and uh, there's a large group of board secretaries across various departments um, who have been just phenomenal in providing advice, 
Um, we've all also gotten support from the mayor's office and um, Tyra Fennell is the director of boards and commissions. So it's, it's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things to think about, but it's, you know, it's something we can do. And, um, you know, Commissioner Haley, to your point, this, this, where we are is actually quite accessible. It's on public transportation and everyone in the world seems to know where we are. <laughs> they all seem to end up here. Um, but, uh, and the meeting rooms are, are accessible. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, like I said, one of them is, is quite spacious. And so um, it wouldn't be a bad place to meet really. Um, it's, it's very, given the large number of policy bodies in the city, it's, it's, um, there are a lot of us trying to meet uh, and folks meet, you know, every day, all day, different locations and some policy bodies are meeting multiple times a month. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to, you know, looking everywhere. Um, but, and, you know, the, the majority of the people who access our services, you know, tend to uh, see our location, they know our, uh, where our office is located, etc. And being in the same building um, is helpful for a lot of people. I was just, I was, I was mainly trying to just to the point of if our building can't facilitate a hybrid environment that we should be looking elsewhere. Because oh, absolutely. Thing, the other thing that strikes me is what if a member of this board, you know, needs a reasonable accommodation such that they would have to have a hybrid meeting. Absolutely. And then, I mean, it's, I mean, doesn't that preclude anybody sitting on this board who, who, you know, who can't attend in person. I mean, I'm just saying it's, I mean, it just seems like an accessibility issue to me to have a meeting space in which everyone can participate. Thank you for the feedback. Add into that one last one as well. Um, the two rooms that were presented, what are the accessibility requirements as it relates to ADA? Are they both wheelchair accessible? Yes. Okay. I just, I'm saying accessible in the sense there are a lot, I know a lot of people in the, across the country who are having, needing reasonable accommodations due to their health issues to not be in person. And it just seems to me that, you know, people should not have to risk their health in order to be hurt. Yes, I, I understood that as being your issue that you were, that you were raising Commissioner Haley, thank you. And I'm understanding the the nature of the physical space as well that uh, Commissioner Sawney was raising. So um, I will take this feedback. Like I said, I'm going to get more information, and um, I take your concerns very seriously. Um, and and you know, staff want. I have assistance from staff and, you know, we're wanting to figure out what we need to do to make this work. So um, it's been a long time and things have changed a great deal in three years. So I really appreciate your patience and sort of, you know, flexibility. It might take a little bit to get some, some really good information to you. I'm, you know, I'm hoping as a goal to have very concrete information to you by the next board meeting. So we'll see. Uh, what we can do, that how that will work. 
Um, were there any other comments about that before we went ahead and made a motion and to hold the next, the February meeting online? President Gruber, I think you're muted. Sorry about that. I'm sorry, there needs to be a motion. Yes, please. For what? Uh, to hold the February meeting online on WebEx. Okay, okay. I'll make that motion. I'll second you, it. Thank you, Wasserman. Thank you. Appreciate that. Pardon me just one moment. Is there any reason that we can't uh, possibly have the same vote uh, hypothetically at the next meeting uh, to, uh, or are we going up against some law? We're going up against some law, President Gruber. It's a law or a, what is it? What's the, uh, I'm I sorry, it's a I think directive from, from the mayor. Uh, well, no, it's, 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 a, it's the Brown Act requirements and they've only been, we've only been excused from them because of the emergency directed by the mayor, which she's now, which are, is no longer in effect. So it's, we go back to the old rules. It's, it's all in that memo that, she, the, that the city were, attorney wrote. Were you able to review the memo, President Gruber? Uh, you know, I was waiting for, it's lengthy. I was waiting for the explanation here. It's quite lengthy. <laughs> it was, it's quite lengthy. And, uh, and it has, you know, the, a lot of uh, nuances that, uh, you know, I don't operate with uh, on, a, on a regular basis. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm here yeah. to work with the we, group. We are required to, we're required to do this. I, I'm, I'm not sure I would be choosing this if that was the case weren't the case. I'm so sorry. Uh, Commissioner Wasserman, was that your motion? Yes. Thank you. Second. Thank you, Commissioner Sonny. President Gruber, did you have anything else before I proceeded? No, go ahead, please. Thank you so much. Um, so this is a motion making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California government code section 54953 little e resolved that the rent board commission finds that the state of California and city remain in a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic and at this meeting the rent board commission has considered the circumstances of the state of emergency and as described above because of the COVID-19 pandemic conducting meetings of this body would in person would present imminent risks to the safety of attendees and the state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of members to meet safely in person and be it further resolved that for at least the next 30 days unless the mayor issues an earlier order authorizing in-person meetings all meetings of the rent board commission will continue to occur exclusively by teleconferencing technology and not by any in-person meetings or any other meetings with public access to the places where any policy body member is present for the meeting. Such meetings of the Rent Board Commission that occur by teleconferencing technology will provide an opportunity for members of the public to address this body and will otherwise occur in a manner that protects the statutory and constitutional rights of parties and the members of the public attending the meeting via teleconferencing and be it further resolved that the Secretary of the Rent Board Commission is directed to place a resolution substantially similar to this resolution on the agenda of a future meeting within the next 30 days, um, although that will not occur at the next meeting. Commissioner Wasserman? 
Commissioner Sawney. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Tom. Commissioner Mossbrooker. Aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. And Commissioner Haley. Aye. Thank you. Okay, does that uh, finish that agenda? That, fin uh, that finishes the old, we finished the old business item. So we now move on to new business? Yes, and I realize that it's a late hour and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but we still have a little bit more to go this evening. President Gruber? Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Great. So, um, hi, we will move on to the new business item, which is the fiscal year 23-24 departmental budget. So, um, shifting gears a bit, and thank you for your patience. I know this comes at the end of the meeting. Um, and there is a little bit to talk about, but this is the first of two discussions that we will be having. Um, just one moment. So, I want to start by saying that our budget is not, and I, you know, I look at a lot of other departments' budgets, and I feel very fortunate in that regard. Um, our budget is not massively complex now that we have been through one full cycle um, with budgeting new positions related to the growth of the department and the housing inventory and rent board fee unit, um, and really, you know, growing the department to better serve the people of the city and county. Um, the two major items in our budget this year are, as usual, um, positions, so that is wages and fringe benefits, and then the move and the tenant improvements um, associated with the move. While we are considering some technology projects for fiscal year 24, uh, the rest of the budget remains sort of relatively the same as you've seen it in past years with a few small adjustments. So I'll start with the positions, which um, no pun intended, they put us in a good position this year. So um, uh, thank you, thanks to my predecessor, uh, former executive director Collins, who was able to secure commitments for the space that we will be moving into and um, the positions that were put into uh, 22's budget, um, we were put in a in a very good position. So, uh, as you know, the department has been hiring in waves um, over this past year. 
um, positions that were added into the budget at potentially half or three quarters time in fiscal year 22 are now fully funded in fiscal year 23. Um, and currently, you know, we have, as you know, just a small group on the management team uh, uh, sort of coordinating and participating in recruitments and hiring. And we do, you know, following our equitable recruitment and hiring policy, we do have um, lots of other folks in the department participating in hiring. Um, but the, those coordinating, it's a small group and we do have one client services representative at the Department of Human Resources that supports the entire department in addition to supporting other departments. So, you know, it, it has to happen in waves. It can't all be done at one time. Um, in the past year, uh, we have hired or transitioned staff into uh, 19 different permanent positions and we have hired one project-based position. Um, it's it's a kind of extraordinary for for this agency. We it's it's been kind of I would have to say a bit of an incredible year. Um, we have now put ourselves in a much better position to carry out our legislative mandates, to modernize and grow, and really importantly, to better serve the public. Um, we are truly looking uh, with an eye to the future. There have been massive movements of employees within the city, um, you may have heard. And while we have lost a few employees to new opportunities in other city departments in the last couple of years, we have also gained uh, major talent in the department. Um, so I'm proud to say that at this moment, the department only has 13 vacancies. And with those 13 vacancies, we currently have seven recruitments across six different classifications actively in progress. Um, one of those positions will be feud, uh, filled within a few weeks and others shortly after that. And we expect that those seven positions will get filled by the end of this fiscal year 2023, so by June 30th. Um, we then expect to begin four additional recruitments before the fiscal year's end. So, you know, it's challenging to operate short-staffed. I'm not going to mince words. Um, and uh, it's it's challenging to integrate an entirely new unit and new body of work into the department and integrate um, new employees into a long-standing particular work culture and, and agency. Um, and it is really, really exciting right now. Um, so there's been a lot of good that's come out of this. We've been very, very fortunate, like I said, to have some of the best talent um, that has decided to take a chance on the rent board when it is truly an employee's market right now. So um, the positive point that I wanna make is that even though we've had some challenges due to our vacancies, uh, and even if we estimate conservatively as uh, all of our positions are fully budgeted this fiscal year, uh, we will end this year again with salary and fringe benefit savings of uh, around $2.7 million. So with that, we will go into fiscal year 24 in a good position um, with a bit of cushion. So that, you know, we're, we're fortunate in a lot of ways. We've filled a lot of positions. We've moved a lot of things around. We still have some vacancies um, due to a variety of reasons. Um, however, the salary savings is really gonna help us uh, next year. So in regards to revenue, last year we brought in about 10.2 million, and then we collected around 800,000 when we sent out our notice of delinquent rent board fee this past fall. And we retained about 
1.29 million in uncollected fees that we hope to recover via collections. So I know President Gruber, you were asking about that recently, uh, what that was looking like. Um, in fiscal year 23, we anticipate bringing in about 12.4 million due to better data collection and um, sort of acquiring more data over the course of the year around new construction. There are um, a few variables this year that we're looking at, uh, at which we did not necessarily anticipate. With every construction project, we all recognize that there are delays and contingencies and more problems um, here and there. Um, we persevered through through these uh, this project. We've made some major decisions this past year to split up the work uh, between the sixth and seventh floors um, to save some money. The original projected cost was over $4 million, um, not including furniture and move costs. And we decided to split uh, the sixth and seventh floors so that on six, we would just engage uh, DPW's Bureau of Building Repair and finish work for around uh, $250,000. And then we would spend about $2 million on 10 improvements for Suite 700. So this is really um, about making a true public space where the public and the staff are separated and the public can get all of their needs met. Um, so we're very, very excited to see a, a real public focused um, uh, whole, I would say, you know, wing almost of, of the new office. Um, one item that we hoped would not occur for the full year is that we see we will need to again budget um, in fiscal year 24 paying rent in both our existing suites 320 and 340 and also our new suites 660 and 700. Um, presently the project is awaiting its turn to be re reviewed in front of the new public works commission which you may be familiar with. We have been in close communication with our architect at Public Works, and we originally anticipated a substantial delay at the commission review level. However, we just received fortunate news today that due to the project size, we will be able to pass through commission review within seven weeks or less. And so we were anticipating a very long delay putting us um, working still on this project into fiscal year 25 but in fact we are now on track to move in just less than one year um, in early january 24. so you know we're making do with our current space while we're growing um, in suites 320 and 340 um, doing the best we can and just making a lot of plans for the future um, so and budget wise we will be able to carry forward any project funds existing from 23 into 24. So we shouldn't have uh, major problems there either. Um, and just a little bit more, I know it's late, I wanna recognize that. Um, in regards to technology, we are looking at modern modernization and um, this is exactly to Commissioner Sawney's point. This is something we've been really working on. The present fiscal year, we have um, purchased a new device management solution. We are in the middle of equipment purchasing and we have also purchased updated software. Um, we are also in the information gathering stages to determine uh, our business workflow 
and potentials for online filing. Um, so we are, we're taking this very seriously and looking sort of at all options, um, both looking at our actual workflow, our current workflow, and then sort of like technological options in response to that. Um, at the next board meeting, I will have some better numbers for you as what to what the costs could be for the next phase of our technology modernization project. And finally, the rest is to be expected materials and supplies, professional services and interdepartmental work orders. Um, it appears that our work orders with the treasurer and tax collector for processing our fee collection or delinquent fees um, and our work orders with repro mail and the city attorney will remain relatively the same. Um, our work order for a half-time employee at Department of Human Resources will go down since we anticipate being engaged in less hiring and recruitment across the department next year. Um, and again, ultimately our early projections show us with a potential 12.4 million in revenue and then having about 2.7 million in salary savings to bring into fiscal year 24. Um, so in advance of the February meeting, well in advance, I will be providing you with a memo and accompanying numbers, um, but we are engaged in a number of discussions with a few departments right now and again, sorting through some costs um, regarding technology projects, but it, we are in somewhat of a similar position as to this past year, how we entered this past year and it's, it's, um, uh, it's good. So. I just, <laughs> um, it's, there's, there's a little bit to be figured out, um, but uh, it, it looks good for this coming year and that we'll be able to balance within our, our revenue source. And please let me know if you have questions. I know that was a lot of information. I have a quick question. Commissioner Wasserman. When do I, I, I need a calendar, a new business item. Should I wait until I didn't, I didn't want to. Do I do That's that fine. now or do I wait? You can do that now. Unless oh, okay. anyone had any questions about it. Right. I didn't mean to interrupt the said. No but. worries. I know it's late. Commissioner Sani, did you have any questions? Oh, I had a question. My computer froze. My apologies. Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, if we could get just kind of a more clear breakdown um, in the memo that kind of sure. just the savings, what it, and what the differences from this year to last year, that'd be really helpful in kind of just seeing how the budget has changed. Um, uh, on updated software, if you could elaborate, you don't have to elaborate now, since we're, I would say we're kind of running a little low on time today, or sure. we do separately between the two meetings, up, updated software, updated filing, and then workflow, those three areas, I'd be interested in kind of knowing a bit more about it. Um, really just the time, just like a really quick overview would be helpful. Uh, yeah, re really briefly. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go like super briefly. So, um, uh, database we've used for a very long time, which is incredibly tailored to our, uh, shop. Um, we were able to, um, purchase a newer version of it so that it will be compatible with our new equipment. Um, what data are you like, talking about? What data are you talking about exactly? FileMaker. Uh, so, well, not the, not the program. What, what data are you holding? What data it's are we just, holding? It's just primarily just the files that are the appeals versus statistical data. What, what data is it that? All of it. All of not, it. So it's separate from the portal. Yeah, the portal is its own um, 
the portal, which has the housing inventory and rent board fee. That is currently okay. a separate database. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that's an on that's a, a web based AWS solution. Okay. And then the and so, final. Yeah, Sorry. this is currently an on prem solution that is we're also seeking to get web based, and it's okay. imminent. So it it will make it significantly easier for staff to access when they're off site, and that was a. You know, there were some tricky things um, when we went, uh, when everyone went home <laughs> or part of part of staff went home and some staff, you know, went hybrid. Um, uh, yeah, just having access to to particular and, and being tied um, to particular on-prem solutions that okay. were a little bit restrictive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can, I'd be happy to go through all my questions um, just for the sake of time with you directly offline. Sure. That's fine. And I'll, sure. I'll send an email to you uh, tomorrow. If you, yeah, if you have questions that you want to um, provide to me uh, separately and then I can address them uh, at the next meeting too, I'd be happy to do that. That'd be great. Yeah, primarily just, um, I would say the only things that I'm really concerned on is how do you, how do we make sure that we're, uh, certainly mean the needs of the public when it comes to our technology in terms of access and, and then absolutely really having the appropriate KPIs uh, to make sure that that we're hitting the metrics that we need and then just making it obviously I know so that I know you and Joey are both committed to making this process as smooth as possible on both ends and that's something I'm here to be a partner with so just looking for ways to make sure there's efficiencies no, not doubting it but just curious that's all We work for the public. <laughs> so I'll hold my questions too, and I'll save a tip for you know just for sake of time. Okay, sounds good. And then we'll be able to see if there are any questions uh, uh, distributed to the um, to the commission. Questions and answers, or something. To can we be part of that? As, as uh, executive director of our stated, we'll have my questions be communicated um, at the next meeting and we'll just publicly okay. discuss them. Yeah, and if any other uh, commissioners have questions, you know, that you want to submit offline and I'm happy to address them during the next meeting. Um, absolutely. And like I said, I will have a memo and some numbers to you in writing for the next meeting well in advance of the next meeting. And then when is the expectation for us to approve the budget? At the next meeting. That's why I would have the information to you well in advance. Okay. So, yeah, if you could send that to me, then I, I just for the sake of ease, if you, the sooner you send me the memo with the numbers, then I'll, I'll come back with my questions and then just to make the process a bit more efficient. Okay. That sounds great. President Gruber, did you have any questions? Just a comment because you're living and breathing that uh, what, what you're discussing with us, we don't. And so, um, and, 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 you know, a very significant amount of information um, is being imparted here. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, am I grasping all of the different components? No. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll wait to see what the, the, the additional uh, submittals are. Absolutely. I mean, I just want to reiterate. 
the vast majority of what you're seeing is going to look extremely familiar to you. There's, there's not, you know, there's a lot of variables that other departments deal with that we are fortunate not to have to deal with, just varying revenue streams and funding sources and sort of like all sorts of different programs. Um, we're in that, in that way, we are, we're fortunate. Um, it's a little more, a little easier to work with. And the, th the things that you'll see are things that you've seen before. Of course, costs are increasing. You know, of course there's, you know, paper in is increasing. And so repro mail costs are increasing and things like that. Um, but a lot of things are remaining either the same or increasing only slightly. So yes, we'll get that to you. Are, are we subjected to any uh, budget reductions uh, as the, the uh, city uh, works with their budget. Um, there were kind of some broad co comments in the paper that the mayor was asking, you know, for budgets to be reduced X percent, you know, across the board. Is that, um, am I misreading that or is it, is it different for each case? Right, that's a really good question. So yes, um, departments across the board, uh, pardon me, general fund departments across the board are required to reduce their budgets by 5%. Um, and this department is mm, required to balance to our revenue source. Like, again, we are fortunate that we are an enterprise department, so um, we don't have those same strict requirements. Now, do we want to do anything, you know, <laughs> that would not make sense um, knowing the economic climate and what may be coming soon? No. Um, but we don't have a, a strict requirement. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's all I have unless, unless any commissioners have any other questions. Uh, I just put that, that I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I needed, I was gonna schedule a new business item. Please. Thank you. Um, the tenant uh, right to organize ordinance that was passed, I believe, a, almost a year ago. Uh, we were contemplating the introduction of some rules and regulations consistent with that ordinance and to clarify uh, the right to organize and what the various obligations of the residents and the housing providers would be in terms of the meet, required meetings, conduct of those meetings what would be negotiated, obviously, the regulations would be done consistent with the ordinance itself. So I would like that to be added to new business uh, and uh, a draft of those regulations from our end, from the ownership side, will be submitted, I wanna say by the end of the month or beginning of February for dissemination. That's it for tonight. Thank you, Commissioner Wasserman. Thank you. That'll be calendared for next month. Appreciate it. So for uh, new business, is there any further discussion? Being none, 
uh, we can move on to calendar items. Thank you so much, President Gruber. So um, February 14th, 2023 will be the next regular meeting. Valentine's Day, the last remote meeting by WebEx, solely by WebEx. Um, and I believe we currently have one appeal consideration. Uh, let's see. And I think I have lost track of who is reading the Remitutional Loaning Lend Acknowledgement. The um, next person, I want to say, and please correct me, that would be Art Tom. It would be uh, Commissioner Tom. Thank you. Happy to read. Can I, can I ask? And just note, this is the second year I've been on the commission where we've had the February meeting on Valentine's Day. I think the last time was about six years ago. Yep, I remember I that, that one. It was a live meeting, I remember that, six or seven years ago. And and I won't be here for next month's meeting. This is your uh, chance. Thank you, Commissioner Chan. Commissioner Mossbrucker, did you have something? Um, I was just wondering when the March meeting would be. It is March 14th, it's also the 14th. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. Is there uh, any further uh, calendar items? Uh, with that uh, being none, um, we're adjourned. Thank you very much, everybody. And, Thank you. Uh, Good night. Good night, everyone. Have a stay dry. I think we're going to have some dry uh, uh, weather coming up. So uh, um, enjoy the outdoors. Thank you. Thanks. Good night. Take care, everybody.